Okay, it's eight o'clock. Wednesday night, this is Chaim Bravender, and we're going to learn something from the parasha. The story about Abraham buying the Maratha Machpelah in Hebron is told at length at the beginning of the parasha of Chaye Sarah. And I think if you look at it carefully, it's hard to understand why the Torah told this story to us in such great detail. What's actually happening is uh, Avram Avinu needed a certain piece of land. He bought it from Bnei He may have paid a lot of money, but sometimes you pay a large amount of money for things that you really want. So it's not so clear, it's not so clear why the Torah goes out of its way to tell us the story and to tell us the story at great length. Now, it's true that the Rishonim, the primary commentators on the text of the Torah, the Gemara, the Rishonim, they, they seem to say that if you can't see a, an obvious purpose, it may be that there's a moral or ethical lesson to be gained from the story that is being told. But it's not really, it's not really the case. I mean, it's not clear that there's an ethical lesson that could be learned from the fact that Abraham Avinu may have overpaid for something that he wanted very badly in order to honor his wife. I mean, all of that seems to be kind of reasonable to me. So let's learn first. Let's go and remind ourselves of the story, right? The story is begins by Yaakov Abraham. Abraham got up. That's, you know, after Shiva, I mean, you get up. And he, he was there with the dead body. And he uh, took the opportunity to speak to B'nai Chait took the opportunity to speak to the Nechait. Just trying to get and he spoke to the people, uh, this this community, this nation called Chait, the people of Chait. And he says to them, there's a kind of a formal way of introducing himself. He says, I'm a, I'm a good citizen. I, you know, I don't annoy anybody. I don't make it difficult for you. But I have a, a, a particular question to newly Achuzat Kever. I would say this request for an Achuzat Kever for a place where he could bury his wife, that's what he says, and I'll, I'll be able to bury my dead wife. You know, I'll be able to do it. I will be able to do it. I mean, it seems like a perfectly reasonable thing. We could add to the fact that we know that in that world, uh, people were buried in odd places, like somebody owns a piece of land. So you could bury people any place. They didn't have, uh, outside of cities, they didn't have cemeteries. So it could be that 
Avram Avinu understood that he needed the Marata Machpelah, he needed a structure, he needed a place that we could come back to again and again because there was a long line of clients who had to be buried together in the Marata Machpelah. So right now we're dealing with B'nai Chet, with the, the, the community of Chet. They said to him, Shema'eni Adoni, listen to us. You are kind of highly regarded. You are the, the president, God's president in our midst. You represent God. You could bury your wife in the place that we usually bury people. You can bury in and in the burial sites that we have, you can bury your wife in any of them. So of course they didn't get it. Abraham He got up and he bowed down. Uh, you know, like he said, just a second, I'm gonna I want to say something. If you agree to bury my dead wife as I want, I understand that I have to talk to Ephron. Ephron is the leader of the Berechet. He has a name, Ephron ben Sochar. That's his name. And then uh, Avram says to them, I have my eye on a particular place. I don't want to bury my wife in a field, someplace that will sort of disappear. But I want to bury her in Marata Machpela, and that's why I'm here. Marata Machpela, a place that is going to remain, it'll be there. I'll always be able to go back to it. I'll be able to kind of reconnect through the Marata Machpela. Asher lo, which belongs to him. Asher Sadehu, which is at the edge of his field, so it won't even bother him to give it up. Sounds like, I don't want to be any question about the sale. I don't want it to be anybody to come up later on and say, well, you didn't really pay the right amount. That's Kesa Malay. The Kesa Malay, Yitnen Ali Betochechem Lachuzat Kaver. So a Kaver is a burial place, and Achuzah is something that you're holding on to, it's something that you own. I want an Achuzat Kaver, and I want the Maratha Machpela. That's what, that's what, and we think, we think that we understand. Why Avram Avinu wanted the Maratha Achvila? He wanted a permanent site that you could refer to. They knew that Yaakov Avinu would want to come back to be buried in Maratha Machvila, and then Yosef would want to be buried in the Maratha Achvila. And of course, according to Chazal, even Adam Arishon, the first man and his wife, they were also buried in Maratha Machvila. 
so that that the language that Avram Avinu is talking is totally different than the language of the Bnei Chait. I mean, they, you know, sometimes it happens that people speak different languages, but they kind of make believe that they understand each other. They make believe. So we're up to, uh, we're up to uh, here, Pasuk Yud. Efron Yoshev betoch b'nei so Efron is waiting to be called, so he's a big shot. Vayan Efron achiti et Avraham, vaznei b'nei and he responded to Avram's request, lechol ba'eshar iro, and to all those who came to Shar Ha'ir, the gate to the city, was the place where they, they built the supermarkets and, and the canyons were built in those in those places. And this is this becomes the pasuk that uh, you could. Uh, Maybe this will work. Things well, this is a kind of an introduction to uh, a, a way of, of doing the sale. You know, it's not of you say, oh, this is perfect for you. This is, don't talk about a price. Don't even imagine that the price is going to make any difference. But at the end, there's a price. At the end, there is a price. But this statement here by Ephraim, this statement here is a statement that could be construed as meaning, take it for nothing. And Avram Avinu again bowed down by the barrel as they bowed down to the Amharits, to the people. He turned away from them. That's how you do it. You bow and you go, you go off to the side by the barrel Ephron. He spoke to Ephron. He, Avram Avinu, spoke to Ephron. I want you to pay attention to what I have to say. I want to pay. I want to pay for the field. And I will bury my dead wife there. So Avram Avinu like responds to this offer that Ephron made, which may not really be an offer at all, but it's just a kind of way of talking and the expectation, the expectation is that Avram Avinu will say what he said. He says, no, I don't want it for free. I want to be able to pay. I want it to be mine. I want it to go into my, into my uh, 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 property, become part of my property. And it was his turn, it was Ephron's turn. 
He said, Adonishma Aini Eretz Abama Ot Shekel Kesa Beiniya Bein Chamahi. So he says, you know, you remember, I said you should take it for nothing. Well, you know, 400 Shekel Kesa between us, that's like nothing. Not, not of any great importance. And Abraham heard the new offer by Ephron, right? The offer that was 400 and not nothing. And so that when Ephron made the offer, all of the people of B'nai Chet, or people of B'nai Chet, wanted to see how he's going to do, how he's going to make the uh, this work. And he says, Abraham Vidu paid him. Paid him about Moshe Kesem over La Socher. And that's basically the end of the story. There are two more psukim. Pasuk Yuzayin, Vayakum stay Ephron, Asher v'machpela, Asher, Asher lifnei, in other words, again, by Yaakov, by Yaakov, right? The story starts with the word by Yaakov. You see it above? By Yaakov, Abraham. Abraham got up, got up, and he uh, went to do something to get a place to bury his wife. And here, at the end of the story, there's the same verb. By Yaakov, stay Ephron, and it happened. That the, the the field that he bought became his. Uh, uh, it'll give you a little bit of a location. The 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 place for the grave, and then there's a little field around it. And that all became part of Avraham Avinu's property. As far as we know, it was the only the property that he owned, actually, that he actually owned. And then Pasuk Yudchet, Avraham Lemiknele Nevenechet, he could use it for grazing his uh, smaller animals. The end of the story, that he buried Sarah in that place that he bought. So that's what, what, what it is. Okay. Okay, so like I'm looking for a hero. I don't find a hero. I think Abraham is doing a good thing, but the fact that he had to buy the Marat al may be taken as like Abraham is not yet the real owner. Not yet the real owner of the property Eretz Israel, which was promised to him by a Kodesh Baruch Hu. It's yours. It's yours, and it may explain a little bit about why, when there was a famine, the beginning of Lech Lecha, the parish of Lech Lecha, that Avraham Avinu ran away to Mitzrayim, because it, it wasn't really his. If 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 God had offered him Eretz Canaan, but actually given it to him in some way. Then he might have stayed, but since it wasn't his, there was no guarantee that if he stayed, nothing terrible would happen. So Abraham Avinu left, but I mean, this is all speculation, speculation of a certain type. But I'm, I'm looking at this story. I'm trying to find who the hero is. So Ephron, he's not a hero. And the B'nai Chet, they're not heroes. They, they didn't do anything too remarkable. 
It is anything too remarkable. So how does Rashi change our perception of what's going on here? If you look at the... Uh, can we uh, scroll a little, Ezra? Rashi. Scroll up. Okay, okay. You see what happened? There it is. So Ephron says something to Ephron says something to Avraham Avinu. You see, Pasuk Tedvav, Pasuk Tedvav. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about insignificant amount of money. It's, it's like Ephron is saying, look, I offered it to you for free, but but this is like for free. Right? So Rashi restates it. The same thing, Raji that doesn't change it, but he restates it. He says, Ben Shnei Ohavim Kamonu, between two, I mean, it's like a little sarcastic, I think, two lovers like you, Avraham, and me, Ephron, Kamonu. Mahi, what's this money, this transfer of money? It's like nothing, you know, like if, you're, if your brother or your, your sister asks you for a small loan, you give it to them right right away. You don't even think about it too much. That's what that's what Ephron says. So Rashi's explaining that Ephron is using a special kind of language in order to say, in order to say, well, you know, there's really no no issue here. Just you know, we're two people. We live together in the same area we have to we're at peace with each other so just pay the money and 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 it's yours put the money on the table then the next pasuk pasuk so Abraham accepted the ephron position he says, he says, okay, I'm going to give you the money. I'll give you 400 shekel. I'll give you 400 shekel. The Rashi says, You see that word, Lefron? Rashi said, in this case, in this case, it's chaservav. You see, for example, a pasuk yud, a pasuk yud, vayan efron. You see efron. You see efron. Ayin pei reish vav nun. In our case, in our pasuk, the word efron, the name efron, is has missing a vav. So. So that reminds you of something. It's like it's like it's a code. It's a it's a signal. It's a signal, he says. Chaservav. It's missing that vav. How come? Levisha Mar Harbei Adlo Asa. He said he talked big. He didn't even do anything. He didn't even do anything small. 
שנתן ממנו שקלים גדולים, שאין קנטרין. I'll explain to you what קנטרין are. In those days, uh, different people would mint money, different leaders would mint money, and in the minted money, the value of the money was the silver that was in the money. They may have also made gold coins. The value of the money, so if you had a, a shekel, you knew it was had value because it had it had uh, silver in the coin. I don't want to talk about American money, but I still, uh, you know, I still remember when uh, you could get a dollar with a silver string in it, a paper dollar, the silver string, the silver string was worth a dollar. This, this, you know, it's like a different. It's a hard to to deal with that question, but you know that. You know that the people in different places minted coins called shekel. But because they were different, the weights were different, you never knew, you didn't really know what you had. So if you went to a store, if you had money from down south and you went to a store up north and you bought something, you offered him money that you got down south, he couldn't take it because he didn't know how much it was worth. So there was this institution of Zulchani, a money changer in those days. You came with the money from down south, you gave it to him, he waited, he did whatever he whatever he knew how to do, and he gave you up north money with which you could buy things on the spot. So Kantarin, the word Kantarin represents a, uh, a very uh, weighty coin, like a, a regular shekel, is worth much less than a counter in shekel. So when Ephron said, Ephron said 400, just give me 400. So he could have meant 400 of the cheaper shkalim, but he didn't, according to Rashi. According to Rashi, you see, Veshkola Rabba said, Vav, Vavisha, Marhar Bey, Afilu Ma'at Loasa. He said, You take it for nothing. He didn't even do a little bit because he could have said 400 of the cheaper shkalim, but natal mimenu shkalim gidolim sheheim kantirim. How do we know that? It says in the pasuk, in the next pasuk, over la sucher. Over la sucher. Over la sucher means it's internationally accepted. You could buy, buy, take these coins and use them any place. That this shekel is worth what it's worth every place in the world. Right? And there are places where there are big shkalim, and they have a special name. Their name is Kantarin. Right? And therefore, Therefore, here's, here's Ephron. We just made Ephron into a bad guy, according to Rashi. We made Ephron into a bad guy because Ephron said, take it for nothing. And then he said, Abamo Shekel, and he still could have said, uh, the cheaper Shekel. He said, no. He said, I want the Shekel that works every place in the world, the most expensive Shekel that there, that there is. And this, of course, is also based on a Gemara. Can we scroll a little bit, Ezra? Great, 
Here we are. The Baba Metzia. Baba Metzia da Pesayin Amad Al Ktiv. The Gemara is talking about Avram Avinu. And Avram Avinu, when he met the angels in last week's parasha, he said, I'm going to I'll take some bread. That he said something, a minor thing. They have a sandwich, have lettuce and tomato sandwich on toast. That's what Avram Avinu said. But he himself ran to the to the to the meat bearing animals. Amar Avelozor, Mikanshet Sadikim Omrim Maat Vosim Harbei. And this formulation, this formulation says that Sadikim, Avram Avinu was a tzaddik. Avram Avinu was a tzaddik because he said, "I'll bring you a sandwich," and he brought a mistake. Uktiv elabakar at Avraham Amar Avelozor. Avalaza adds, we can shitzadikim omrim adlosima be. This is a, a remarkable statement. Omrim adlosima be. Sadikim. I mean, okay, it's true. Avramavidu did a nice thing. He said, lettuce and tomato sandwich on toast. That's not good enough. Let's bring him a steak. Okay, but that makes him into a tzaddik. My goodness. Sadikim omrim adlosima be. Mishaim. So the so the the mirror image Rishayim Omrim Abay Vafilu Maate Namol Simin Alad. How do you know that? Ephron, he was a Russia. He was really a bad guy. Why? At first he said, "I want four hundred shkalim." The Losha Kalminayala country. That at the end, at the end, Ephron took country. I mean, it could be that that's what he meant. I mean, I don't understand exactly this Gemara, how this Gemara, how this Gemara works, but you know that in Pirkei Avot. You know in Pirkei Avot, or you might know. Pirkei Avot, Perikala Bishla Tedvav Shamay Omer. I say Torah Keva, first thing he said. You should learn Torah. But the second thing is, Emor Ma'at Vasei Harbei. Shabbai. Emor, he said, Shabbai is supposed to be very tough, very difficult, very hard to deal with. Shabbai. Shabbai said, Emor Ma'at Vasei Harbei. Okay, that's connected to the story of Avram Abinu, who was Omer Ma'at and Osei Harbei. I wanted to remind you that in the Gemara, in the Gemara, the beginning of Kedushin, this story about Avram and Ephron is brought, is brought as the kind of underpinning or the, the place that it, we learn that the kiddushin that a man and the woman undergo when they get married is actually an act of kinyan, of purchase. And somehow, Abraham and Ephron are the, are the models for, for marriage. Even though Ephron 
Everyone turns out to be a bad guy. That's what the Gemara says. That's the Gemara. Baba Metzia, Dapez Aleph. And the other thing that I quoted is in the Gemara and Kedushan, Dapez Aleph. So I want to like, we have to remember these things. We have to remember them shortly. It seems to me that one of the great lessons that we have learning Torah is that words are really difficult. Even when they seem to us de facto to be so simple, they are very difficult. Adam Harishon, the first man and his wife, they received one directive from HaKadosh Baruch don't eat. Don't eat. It's not a very complicated or confusing directive. It seems like the easiest thing in the world. Don't eat this, eat something else. And yet, they were able, according to Chazal, to allow that directive to become confusing in their minds. Confuse them. You mean don't eat, but you can touch? But you, if you touch, something will happen or won't happen in any event. They were able to create confusion about the meaning of words, about the meanings of words. When you learn the Gemara, if somebody learns the Gemara, I mean, it's interesting that the Gemara has retained has retained the endless numbers of differences of opinion. And those differences of opinion are very often connected to words, to the way we understand a pasuk in the Torah, the way we understand it. Should we understand it this way? Should we understand it that way? Very, very, I mean, this is how we live. That's the world that we live in. We live in the world where we try to get to the bottom of it. We try to understand what it really says. And we all know that that understanding about what it really says changes. A thousand years ago, 900 years ago, 800 years ago, we don't just, we're not just involved in a kind of rote learning that uh, that could be done. But we are involved in an ongoing attempt to clarify. We use all the tools that are available, but we want to just clarify what it is that the Torah is telling us. And so we become careful about what we said and what we say and how we relate. It becomes, I mean, our need to be clear about things is very much part of what we do when we, when we learn. So it seems to me that when Shammai said, that's what he was talking about. He's saying, someone who says a lot, it creates confusion. 
he, he often rejects what he said later on. He restates it again and again. But Amor Ma'at, that's a statement that refers to a person who has considered carefully what it is that he wants to say and how what he says is, is important. So Ephron in the story represents, we say here, Ephron, Meikara Ketiv, Arba Mal First he said 400 Shekel Kez, but he didn't mean it. It's Avram Avinu who had to define what Ephron was saying. Ephron couldn't define it because he said too much. He, he tried to create confusion. But Avram Avinu was the, the person who had to clarify and had to determine what he was saying. And Avram Avinu, when he went to serve the angels, right? Avraham Avram Avinu said first, I'll bring a sandwich. Because he wasn't sure what he would be able to do. He wasn't certain about how he would be able to treat his guests. So he didn't want to disappoint them. He thought that they were people that they would eat. Right? Mikan, shitzadikim omrimaat. Shitzadikim don't speak beyond what they really can say. And the reason that that makes them tzadikim is because that's what we try to do when we learn Torah. It was your people who are like that, people who don't say what they shouldn't say or that they were not interested in saying. Those people, those, those people who don't say extra words, those are the people who are great scholars. Those are the people who understand that they're looking for a unique interpretation. And that's a unique interpretation because part of who you are. And so finally, Shammai said in a, like a kind of theoretical thing, Now it may be that that derives from Avraham Avinu. It may be that it derives from bringing food. And it may, that all may be correct. But it lives on its own. When you want to say something, say it clearly. Say it in a, in a manner that cannot be misunderstood. Right, and then if you you can you you get more and more out of the words that you use, and so in our in our uh, story in the story here, it turns out that Ephron is the bad guy, and of course Avram Avinu is the the good person, but it's not because he wanted to bury his wife. That's something that we would have expected from Avram Avinu. But because Avram Avinu was willing to take over the kind of the, to take over the conversation between himself and Ephron and determine what Ephron actually what Ephron actually said, 
the Shemi Shmuel points out that a Kenyan, any kind of purchase, creates a relationship between the buyer and the seller. He said this in a kind of, uh, in a lengthy uh, comment that he makes. And he says that's why Chazal thought that the purchase of Hebron, the purchase of uh, Amarata Machpela is, is a good model for life because what Ephron wanted, according to the Shei was to connect to Avram Avinu. Because he says every time you make a sale for anything, there's a buyer and a seller, and some of the buyer and the seller have a relationship with each other. And that's why they used Kinyan. They thought that Kinyan was the appropriate kind of visible way of indicating that two people wanted to have a connection a permanent kind of connection with each other. And therefore, the story of Barata Vachpela becomes the rationale for Kiddushin between a man and a woman. Have a good Shabbos. All the best. Be well.